0: Tonight um, we have a, a special guest speaker. Um, his name is Mr. John Shimp. Uh, maybe some of you have heard of him. So, uh, so, <laughs> so uh, John Shimp here uh, is a man of many talents. Uh, music. All kinds of instruments. And uh, what's, your, what's your official handle, uh, JD on the Beat? Oh, my
1: gosh. Uh, you, well, it's, it's underscore
0: JD on the Beat, underscore. Okay. If you're looking for some pretty sick beats, go follow him on Instagram. This is a Shameless Plug. Uh, really great stuff. And so I'm not going to take time from him, but I'm excited to have John. And let me just pray for our time together in God's Word, and then I'll turn it over to John. So let me pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to be here tonight, I pray that you would go before John and uh, that you will work in and through him uh, and speak to us what you have prepared. And uh, I pray that we all be uh, open and attentive to what you would have for us tonight. Thank you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, so if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Uh, we'll make sure that one gets passed out to you. Okay, so keep your hand up if you need a Bible, and I uh, hope you will uh, focus in on what John has to share tonight. And so, again, let's just give it up one more time for Mr. J.D. on the beat.
1: Well, thank you for that. Um, this, was not, uh, this was not sponsored. I did not uh, pay Pastor Nick anything to say that. It seems that... Um, awkward. Um, it, it seems like uh, that's usually everybody's first thing is, hey, here's John, he makes music, and this is his Instagram handle. So, um, so thanks for that. Um, uh, no, this is mine. But um, yeah, so like, uh, like Pastor Nick said, uh, my name is John Shimp, um, and I am currently a senior at Susquehanna University in my last semester, praise God, I am ready to get out of there. Um, and my official degree is uh, a Bachelor of the Arts in Music with a minor in Music Technology. Um, but before that, I was actually a student here at TNT. I sat where you uh, are sitting, just not in the same chairs, because these ones are cooler and more ergonomically friendly uh, for the back. Um, but I, I loved coming here. Um, and so I started in sixth grade. I was about 12 years old um, and continued to come here until I graduated uh, high school in 2019. Um, but I, I loved coming here. Um, I love the friendships that I made, uh, the, the leaders that were here um, investing in me, and the teaching that I received as I grew in my faith. And I'm so glad that you guys are all here tonight, um, having the opportunity to to make those same friendships, um, to to be invested in, and to hear the truth of God's word every week. Uh, TNT is an amazing blessing, and um, through it, I was prepared for many of the challenges that I would face once I got to college, and so I'd like to start off uh, by telling you about one of those now. So, uh, when I was a freshman in college, um, I attended a church near my school, and it was in a shopping mall uh, about 10 minutes down the road, and I went to this church uh, for a few months Uh, And after about the third month I was there, um, I had consistently noticed that people were asking me if I was new. Um, It was pretty discouraging since I had been faithfully attending there, uh, week after week, and so in response I thought, well, maybe it's because I haven't put myself out there. Maybe it's because I haven't sought any opportunities to serve. Um, And so I did that. Um, And after prayerfully considering multiple service opportunities, I stepped out in faith to participate. and ultimately, I was met with empty words of excitement, but never any real follow-up. Um, and so eventually I left. Uh, and uh, a month later, I ended up at um, Emmanuel Bible Fellowship Church, um, which is where I go now. Um, and it was a pretty old building. It smelled old. Um, and they, they pretty much exclusively did hymns. Um, it was quite different from the previous church uh, that I attended, but I tried it out. Um, and I'm so glad that I did, because I uh, was met with... Um, So much love and so much excitement from the people that were there. Um, I had multiple congregation members introduce themselves to me, and after an absence of two weeks, uh, the pastor's wife came up, called me by my name, and said that she missed seeing me after I had only been going there for a week. Um, So that really, really spoke to me and it really ministered to me as I was seeking for a home uh, in a church. Uh, Because of the love they showed, I stayed. I got involved with their worship ministry and have now been attending and serving there for three years. Um, And I'm not, you know, throwing shade on the other church at all, but this one just seemed to be a better fit for me. Uh, They preach the gospel, and they care for us, even though we're there for a short time. I didn't give up. Uh, Although leaving the first church was discouraging, I realized uh, that I needed to prioritize finding a Bible-believing church. Part of this recognition came from my parents. Um, As I began to think about life after high school, uh, my parents helped me to see the importance of church. So shout out you, Dad. Um... Uh, they said that the church is a place where I would grow, uh, both in my relationship with the Lord, but also, uh, in my relationships with other people. Uh, it it was a place where I would learn things about God that on my own, I might not see. And the people there also kept me there, uh, because of the community that they had with each other and the willingness to bring me into their church. Um, and most importantly, as we'll talk about tonight, we are commanded in scripture to be in community with one another. Uh, but before we can talk about the church, uh, we need to uh, establish a, a, a foundation, a base, and uh, that is the gospel. Uh, knowing this gospel will give everything I say tonight more meaning and purpose. So what is the gospel? Well, starting in Genesis 1, we see that God creates heaven, the heavens and the earth. After that, in Genesis one twenty-seven, God creates man in his image. Everything is perfect and good as God intended it. However, in Genesis 3, we see mankind fail. After being deceived by a serpent, they are cast out of the Garden of Eden, which was their initial dwelling place, and sin enters the world. And so what now? Well, because of sin, we fall short of the glory of God. And because we fall short, we are destined to death and eternal separation from him. And now we need a savior, but there's hope. Because God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come to be the sacrifice for our sins. Jesus, fully God and fully man, was perfect and without sin, And because of this, he could be our sacrifice. But why? Well, it's because of God's love for us. God loved us so much that he sent his son to be our sacrifice so that we may have the free gift of eternal life with him. And this is nothing that we can earn, for it is by grace that we are saved. And how do we receive this gift? If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Our salvation comes when we put our trust in Jesus through faith in him so that is why we're going to be talking about the church tonight. The church represents a community of God's people who seek to honor and serve the Lord Jesus for what he has done for us. So I'd encourage you to think about this gospel, about this good news, through the rest of our time together, because hopefully, as you'll see tonight, this message <clears throat> excuse me, is really all about Jesus. And so uh, as we continue in our series through lenses, tonight we're going to be looking at the lie of, I'll get involved in the church when I'm older. And so um, the main passage that we'll be looking at tonight is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1-16, through 16, so you can feel free to turn there now. Um, and, and as we look at this passage and a few others, we're going to be addressing three points. And so those three points are, what is the church, why the church, and how does this apply to me? And so before we uh, dive into the scriptures, uh, I just want to provide a little bit of context uh, for this book. And so this book was written by the Apostle Paul. Um, In Acts chapter 19, we see Paul's journey to Ephesus, where he shares the gospel to some disciples of John the Baptist, who eventually then uh, become followers of Christ. Ten years after his travels in AD 62, Paul writes Ephesians while imprisoned. And he writes to encourage them. He says in Ephesians 1.15, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. But he also writes to instruct them and to remind them of the truths of God. And so in our passage tonight, we're going to see Paul's instruction for Christian unity as it manifests itself in the church. So let's, uh, let's read this together. <clears throat> so Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we no longer may be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's a mouthful. So the first point we're going to be looking at is, what is the church? And so, look at verse 3. What does Paul tell the Ephesians to do in verse 3? Well, he says, to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This unity from the Spirit means that we who are in Christ, who are believers, are one, that we have oneness with each other because of our belief in Jesus. In verses 4 to 6, Paul makes a point to use the word one seven times. And so, you know, you wonder why. Even, even when I read it, I sort of put emphasis on, on that word one, like that it's, it's repeating its importance. And so why does he does it? Why does he do it? He does it to emphasize the unity that we have as believers. Because when we accept Christ into our heart, we receive the Holy Spirit. And all believers become a dwelling place for the Spirit, as 1 Corinthians six nineteen to 20 says. And so if we are unified by the Spirit, then we are unified as one body. This body is what we understand as the church. Paul writes elsewhere that the body is one and has many members in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so there are two parts of this. Firstly, you as the believer are a part of the body. You have a place in the body of Christ when you believe in him. There is a place for you, and this becomes your new identity. You are welcomed into the family of God as sons and daughters. And then the other part of that statement is, and therefore you are also a part of the church you also have a place in the local church. There's a place for you here at Fellowship. And so in verse 7, as Paul continues, he's, there's a contrast that he starts to bring up. And so what is this contrast? Well, he starts with the word but, and he says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us is in, has individually been given grace, which is undeserved. And so why is this grace undeserved? Well, as we spoke about in the beginning, it is undeserved because we are sinners. In Ephesians 2, earlier in this chapter, or earlier in this book, uh, Paul says that we were by nature children of wrath, that sin is a part of who we are, it is a part of our nature, but that through Christ, we are saved and are no longer defined by sin, but who we are in Christ. We deserve death, but because of God's love for us, we are redeemed through Christ and we are made new. So here, Paul not only brings attention to the unity of believers, but also begins to talk about our individual roles as members of the body, with Christ being the head. And so in verses 8 to 10, Paul establishes uh, two things. He establishes Christ's authority to give gifts to his believers. And so this quote here, uh, in in verse 8 and 9, is from Psalm 68, um, which relates to God giving gifts to people from the spoils of his enemies, He further explains this by saying uh, that Christ ascended to the heavens and descended to the earth in verses 9 and 10. So he's basically saying that the gospel, the story of Jesus, is what gives him the authority to give us gifts. So what is the church? Well, the church is the body of Christ, unified by the Spirit as a result of our salvation, but made up of many members with different gifts that are ultimately used to bring further glory to God. And so that means that the church should then reflect Christ. And so if the church is the body of Christ and you are in Christ, then you are the church. You won't become the church when you're older. You are the church now, which means that you have a responsibility as a member of the body of Christ. There are no junior members of the church. There is only the church. And so I can understand how this can be a challenging point, um, because I think often our generation, which, yes, I am about your age, so we are sort of in the same generation— We're often critiqued by our work ethic, our capabilities, our perseverance, um, and sometimes those judgments can be harmful uh, to us when we want to be a part of something bigger. But be encouraged because God does not see it that way. God actually desires that you would serve him. He sees who you are now, how you are gifted now, and is working in you now to prepare you to take initiative to serve him. 2 Timothy talks about how we ought to do our best to present ourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. See, God calls us to do our best and to not be ashamed, but to serve him in faithfulness as he has called us to. It's kind of like eating ice cream. The longer that you wait to eat ice cream, the more it melts, right? And so the, the same is with the church, right? The longer that you wait to get involved in the church to seek to serve the body of Christ, the, the more you're missing out on opportunities to serve him, because that time is sort of melting. I don't know if that made sense, but it made sense to me when I wrote it, so I'm just going to stick with it. See, but not only does the body need us, but you, as the believer, also need the body. You need the other members of the body to help make the whole body work together. As you serve with others, you will see how they help the body function. Their service will encourage you, as yours will encourage them. And if you don't serve, then the body is missing something. The church will be missing something, and it needs you to do your part, because as I've said, there is a place for you. As scripture says, there is a place for you. And so now that we've established what the church is, we're going to go a little bit deeper and and look at why the church. Why is the church important? And so look at verse 11. What, What are some of the roles that Paul mentions? Well, he mentions the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. He is providing examples of different gifts that God has given to his believers. In 1 Corinthians 12, again, Paul mentions other gifts like administration, like helping. Here at Fellowship, um, they do these things called spiritual gifts inventories, which I'll talk a little bit about later, Um, but essentially they help you realize what some of your gifts may be, uh, that mention other things like leadership, uh, service, exhortation, which is encouragement, mercy, things like that. And so the point is this, uh, that God gifts us in different ways, and through the church he helps us realize what they are so that we can better serve him. And so I'll give you an example. Um, So... Obviously, music has been a major part of my life. It's what I've given the past four years of my formal education to. Um, And so my mom started teaching me piano at a really young age. Um, And as I continued to to grow up, I learned more instruments, and I learned more about music and all that stuff. Um, And so when I was in eighth grade, I approached Pastor Carl about serving uh, with the youth band. Um, And so I began playing piano for a few years. And as I grew in my faith uh, and in my experience as a musician, Pastor Carl began to help me understand what to do with those gifts. Uh, he began to teach me how to plan music around a message uh, or how to lead a congregation in worship um, involving things like just the words that I choose to use or how to play the guitar and talk at the same time, which is really hard. Um, and eventually he placed me in a, in a leadership role in the youth band um, by leading worship at TNT. Um, and so by that time, I think I was about a junior in high school, uh, he gave me more opportunities to serve uh, by making a place for me on the worship team in church on Sundays. Uh, and eventually giving me opportunities to actually lead those services. Um, And so a few years later, then, I entered a summer-long worship ministry internship where I learned more about worship ministry um, and and grew in my independence as a worship leader. So here's the process uh, to sum all of that up. Uh, So God gifted me musically. He planted the love for me as a young child, and as I desired to serve with those gifts, Pastor Carl came alongside me and helped me realize what those gifts were. And so as a pastor, but even more so as a member of the body, he then helped me develop those skills and learn more about what, was, what God was calling me to do. And so without his mentorship and guidance, I don't think I would be where I am today with the knowledge of worship ministry and the capacity to serve in this way. And so what should you take away from this? Well, God gifts us, right? And he uses his body, the people, the church, to help equip and develop those skills so that, again, as 2 Timothy says, so that we can do our best to present ourselves to God as one-approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed. And so the first principle that we see from this is we need the church because we have been given good gifts to serve God in the church and to strengthen the body. And so as we dig a little bit deeper, what what is the purpose of verse 11, right? Well, Paul explains it in verse 12 when he says that uh, they are meant to equip the saints, which is believers, for the work of ministry. So the roles mentioned in verse 11 in context refer to the giftings of church leadership and their responsibility to the body. And so for us as saints, we have a responsibility to be equipped for ministry. That is why we have pastors. That is why we have God-given leaders to help us understand our giftings. As you heard from my story a minute ago, that is what our pastors do and what they want to do. The leaders of our church are tasked with preaching the word of God. And by preaching the word of God, Uh, they equip us with the truth that lays a foundation for our ministry. Whether your ministry is at school, um, with your friends, with your family members, etc., it can look look very different. They also equip us by doing Sunday school classes and things like TNT and Kids for Truth. And so the point is this, if we as Christians understand that we have a role to play as a member of the body of Christ, then we must act. Come to church. Uh, Learn and grow with the rest of the body as we sit under faithful teaching of the word from faithful pastors who seek to honor God and all that he calls them to do. Um, You know, TNT is amazing, but TNT is not the church. Uh, It is a smaller part of the greater body, which is the church. And while TNT is not a church, it is still so valuable that you come here. Uh, You get the opportunity to be invested in by your leaders um, and have a place to deepen your relationship with God and your understanding of his word. You have a place to encourage your friends uh, as members of the body to serve him and grow with him. Uh, and so I'm going to get a little bit statistic-y here, which I'm sure you're used to with Pastor Nick, as he likes this, uh, this group as well. But uh, according to a study done by the Barna Group in 2021, um, 88% of Christians between the ages of 13 and 22 cited church leaders and other Christians as trusted sources of learning about Jesus. And even more so, 95% of those Christians said that they trusted the Bible as the primary authority, and rightfully so. And see, that is why I go to church, right? And, and why you should too. Because there's only so much that you can understand on your own. In my personal time with God, um, I end up finding more things that I don't understand or end up developing more questions that I then have to seek answers to. Uh, church is a place where those questions can be answered and, and where more understanding can come from. Uh, the reality is no number of footnotes or our own reasoning will give us the answers that we need. And so if you're not coming to church, then you're limited in the amount of understanding you can attain. And here's the other thing. Uh, I know that there are tons of influencers on TikTok and Instagram Reels that uh, you know, give messages or try to spread Christian knowledge, um, but that's just not enough. See, 30 seconds of an uplifting TikTok is not enough to deepen your relationship with the Lord. You need to be here in person, actively participating and serving in the church. The truth about these messages that you hear is that some of them are good, and some people use social media as their ministry, but some of them are really bad, and most of them are false. But if you're not going to a church that preaches the word of God, how will you know what is false? If 95% of Christians uh, uh, noted that the Bible is the standard of truth, then it is absolutely necessary that you hear from a preacher that is rooted in the Bible. Even more so, when you hear something from Pastor Nick, Pastor Carl, Pastor Tim, Pastor Mark, you can actually go to them and ask them questions about things that you may have heard that you can't uh, understand odds are you're not going to hear back from Pastor Mike, the TikTok preacher with 200,000 followers. And so that, that is why Paul urges Timothy to teach the truth. In 1 Timothy 6, Paul tells him that if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. See, we need to have a standard of truth, and we need to have a way to understand the truth of God's word. And so what is the second principle? We need the church because we need to hear the word of God preached, and we need to be equipped in our ministry to serve the Lord. And so as we look towards the, the, the latter half of this passage in verses 13 to 16, uh, for starters, um, we see that, that Paul's end goal is described that we will attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And so you might be thinking, well, wait, didn't Paul already say that we're unified? And you would be right— However, he's also highlighting that unity in faith is a process. So those of us who know Jesus have been unified in our belief that he is our Savior, but then we are also in the process, we are being unified as we participate in the body of Christ, which also then leads to learning more about who he is. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Myself and Pastor Nick are united in the sense that we are both believers, uh, that we both have the Holy Spirit, and are both members of the body of Christ. But we are also both being unified together as we serve in the church. We are growing together in Christian unity because of the faith that we have in Christ. And I want to allow this caveat that, yes, the church is not perfect. Um, Caveat, sorry. And sometimes the process of being unified is messy. Uh, The church is still full of imperfect people who make mistakes and sometimes hurt others. Uh, but don't see this as a reason to not get involved. I want to encourage you in that, because God knows that we are imperfect, uh, but he still uses us and our mistakes to ultimately bring him glory. If the church was meant for perfect people, there would be no church. How much more is it encouraging to know that God still desires us to serve him? Right? Why do people go to a gym? Mainly because they want to get in shape. But what would happen if the gym required that you were already perfectly in shape in order to go? That would make no sense. Right? And likewise, it would make no sense to assume that we come to church perfectly in shape, but rather that by coming to church we are made more in shape by strengthening our, our relationship with God. And so this is so important because it means that going to church is not a one-time occurrence, nor is participating in the body. Going to church to hear the word of God, using your gifts, and being equipped for ministry is something that we must continually do and are commanded to do. In Hebrews 10, it says that we must stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And why else must we do this? Well, in verse 14, so that we may become mature Christians. Part of becoming a mature Christian is recognizing the importance of the church, that you must be a part of the local church in order to deepen your relationship with God and others. As we see in Luke 4, Jesus went to the synagogue as was his custom, as a Jewish man. And if Jesus went to church, how much more should we see his example and want to do the same? The reality is is that you are constantly being poured into by the world around you. right? Specifically, social media is our generation's primary source of information. And whether we believe it or not, lies creep into our eyes and ears when we consume that information, like we talked about with Pastor Mike, the TikTok preacher. And that is why we're addressing these lies this semester, so that you may be prepared to combat them with the truth of God's word. I'm not here condemning social media, but to make you aware that Satan likes to use it to spread deception. We're all building a foundation, but where is yours? Is it on the world, or is it on Christ? If we are continually hearing lies, then we must continually combat them with the truth of God's word, lest we be tossed to and fro by different doctrines that are contrary to God's. Again, we see in Luke 4 that Jesus fights against the temptations of the devil with God's word, the truth. And so how do we do this? Well, when we hear the truth of God's word, we can then speak the truth in love, and in doing so, we actually become more like Christ, which is what Paul says we're supposed to do. And what happens when we operate as members of Christ's body? Paul says in verse 16 that the body grows and that it builds itself up in love. And what is this love? Well, it is the love that Christ showed for us by giving his life as a ransom for ours, for dying a death that we deserved and accomplishing salvation for those that would believe. And so what is the third principle? That we need the church because it helps us display the love of Christ. So why the church? Well, why is the church important? If you profess to be a believer in Jesus Christ and believe in the authority of his word, then you must move to action as a member of the body of Christ. The church is important because it provides opportunities to use our God-given gifts be poured into by people who want to equip us for serving God, and because it's a place where we can worship and display the love of Christ. And let me be clear, I am not saying that going to church will save you, but rather because of your faith in Christ, you should desire to actively pursue it by coming to church. And so as we begin to wrap up, we're going to look at uh, our third section, our third and final section, which is how does this apply to me? And so I'm going to address a few different scenarios, and I encourage you to reflect on where you might be Um, and and what you might need to do in light of tonight's message. So the first scenario, uh, I'm too young to get involved. I don't know how many of you relate to this, but you're not alone, because I struggled with this my freshman year of college, too. I thought, I'm in college, I'm only here for a short time, I'm not at a place where I should be committing to a church, or I should be committing to serve. But this idea is contrary to what scripture says. Again, Paul says in verse 4 that we are one body, And so there is no age restriction on participating in the body and serving the Lord. In 1 Timothy 4, Paul writes, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Right. So this doesn't mean that if you're young that you are entitled to serve, but rather that your age should not be a hindrance as you seek to worship God. So don't worry about your age, right? because God will honor your desire to serve him. As I've seen from growing up in this church, we were always encouraged by the congregation when they saw us serving. We were not looked down on, but rather we were able to image Christ as much as we could and the church was blessed by it, which is why we have things like Youth Sunday and and we have opportunities to display what God is doing in our lives to the church so that they know what's happening here. And so how should you respond? Um, I'd encourage you to seek out help from your leaders. Ask them how you can get plugged in because there are plenty of opportunities to serve. That service can look different, but you won't have any idea unless you step out in faith. Because the body is made up of many members, there are many functions that will look different for everyone. Scenario two, maybe I don't have any gifts, so I don't think I can serve until I do. Well, as we've seen tonight, God gives us gifts to bring him glory. But there is a point where we might not know, and I didn't know what my gifts were uh, until it started getting talked about. And so, don't think that your gifting is the only indicator of where you can serve, we are called to love God and serve him, to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So your gifts are an aid uh, to, help you where, to help put you where you would thrive. But as Christians, we should have an attitude of service all the time. So step out in faith. As you grow in your relationship with Christ, he will help you realize your gifts. When I was in high school, uh, we took a spiritual gifts inventory, which I alluded to earlier. Um, and this was essentially a survey that gauged our responses to a number of gifts. Um, and so after we added up our scores, we saw our top three at the time, I got leadership, exhortation, and pastoring. Um, taking that helped me understand better how God wanted to use me at that time and helped me get plugged into serving in worship ministry. I was always sort of perplexed by the pastoring one, uh, yet here I am a few years later giving a message, so I guess God was preparing me a little bit ahead of time. But what is your response to this? Find out what your gifts are. Take an inventory, or actually, even more importantly, pray and ask God to reveal them to you. The inventory is just a tool, but the ultimate revelation of your gifts comes from the Lord. So ask for his guidance, and then step out in faith and get plugged in. And the last scenario, which I think some of you can maybe uh, uh, see yourselves in more, is I'm going to college, so I'll get to it when I have time. You will not get to it when you have time. Take it from me. You need to make time. Right? James 4 is clear that tomorrow is not guaranteed. With this in mind, we should be doing what's necessary to make time for the most important things that, calls, that God calls us to. Right? According to the Barna Group, over the last decade, the church dropout rate has increased from 59% to 64%. I think that we can reasonably assume that some of it had to do with the lack of planning and, deciding that church, uh, and not deciding that church needed to be a priority. And so what is your response if you're in this position? Well, start looking now. Uh, research the area where you'll be going to school. If you're going right into the workforce, continue to faithfully attend here or find somewhere else. Decide right now that going to church is a priority in your growth as a believer. Your leaders would love to help you think through any of this. That's why they are here, right? To help you see where God may be leading you. It was funny. Pastor Nick reminded me of a time uh, when we met to talk through college and the workforce, and I just didn't want to go to school. I uh, didn't want to go to college. didn't think I was built for it. And I still have that opinion, but here I am four years later. Um, but Pastor Nick helped me think through that and, and then looked into various campus ministry groups at Susquehanna uh, to help me pick the best. To, uh, it turns out the one that he pointed me to was the one that I ended up staying through um, all throughout high school, or all throughout college. Right? So like, when you get to college, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Um, you're going to be at a school where there are you know, thousands of students who are trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to find their foundation. And take it from me, you will not avoid the various opinions that you hear from other people. But if you want to continue pursuing your faith in college, then getting plugged into the local church is a must. If you make going to church one that preaches the word of God, that is something that needs to be specified, a priority, you will be safeguarded because while you are figuring out who you are, the foundation of God's truth will be speaking to you every week. Right? You may know the Bible, but you cannot understand everything on your own. You need someone who has been called by God to bring the understanding to his word. Right? And don't just find a church, but also serve. Moving to a new place does not mean the call to serve the body is any different. Get plugged in, and you'll meet people and form relationships that will be a huge blessing to you, as it will be to them. I remember the, um, the summer into my freshman year of college, I had a meeting with Pastor Mark, and he looked at all the churches in my area, and he looked at the church that I attended now, and like the old-smelling building, their website was also just non-existent. And he was like, don't go there, because their website like, doesn't look like they're a very well-put-together church, and now here I am going there. So I guess, you know, again, God's sovereignty. Right. And, and to, to that end, right. I like, I've been so blessed to serve, um, and and to be involved at Emmanuel. Uh, the blessing has been double-sided, right? Because as I stated earlier, we are the body of Christ. And so for me, like, uh, the body at Emmanuel has worked to get me plugged in there. I expressed my musical gifting, uh, to pastor Josh, who is the, the current pastor there now. And he immediately looked for ways to get me involved. And what's crazy is this, he made opportunities, right? He didn't, He didn't look for places where he could plug me in, but he actually built those so that I would have a place to serve. So this looked like me having uh, me and a few of my friends leading some Sunday worship services there or doing some worship nights uh, throughout the week. And I was blown away by this. I thought, again, I'm in college. Why are they investing in me? Why are they providing opportunities for me to serve? And one of the pastors responded to me, and he said, Listen, we know that 99% of you will not stay here after college, but that is not an excuse for us to not make room for you because you are the body, and we want to prepare you to continue being the body when you leave here. So they were not just seeing us as passing through, but they saw the greater call that God gives to his church. In my, in addition to my opportunities to serve, I've also just been blessed by their desire to serve us. Like, we have had countless times where uh, people have been like, oh, by the way, don't leave after church because this family has, like, bought lunch for all of the college students and they just want to spend time with you and, like, get to know you. Like, that they have served and ministered to us in their hospitality. And so... Here's a few points that I want to leave you with. The church is meant to glorify God, and if we believe in him, we should desire to honor and serve him in the ways that he has called us to. Those of us that are one in Christ belong to a body of believers, people created and gifted differently, but all for a unified purpose of serving the Lord. That Jesus is worthy to be praised, that he is the cornerstone, the foundation of the faith we have. If we are to become more like him, then we must consider how he is calling us to serve, don't think about getting to church when you're older. Do something now. Something that I always appreciated about fellowship is, again, that they never saw the youth ministry as the next generation of believers. And I don't know if you've ever heard those words come out of Pastor Mark's mouth, but they have. They saw us and see you as a part of the church body, gifted in different ways and excited to serve. They provided opportunities for me to get plugged in, which is why now I'm not afraid to seek out service wherever I end up. And so if you are a Christian what are you going to do to be an effective member of the body of Christ? Because if you are in Christ, you are a part of the body now. If you're here and you haven't put in your faith in Christ, consider what you've heard tonight. Consider the reality that we are broken, sinful, deserving of death, but because of Christ, because of Jesus, we are saved and have the promise of eternal life with him. And when we are saved, we become a part of the body. There is a place for you. If you're here and you have put your faith in Christ, then take the next step and get plugged into your local church. It's a command, and if you believe in him, then you must believe in his commands. See, you can't have Christ without the church, because the church is the bride of Christ. We are his people, so don't wait. Make a choice to serve him and follow his commands today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we, God, we thank you for your church. Lord, we thank you. Well, we thank you even more importantly, God, for, for what the church means, that the church is a reflection of, of your children, God, of, of people that you died for, God, because of your love for us. Lord Jesus, it's something that we, uh, that we haven't earned, God, and that we don't deserve, but because of your love for us, God, you died for us and accomplished salvation and a future hope of eternal life. And God, I pray that we would be challenged tonight, um, by what your word has said, Lord, about the church, about the importance of the body, God, that, that ultimately our purpose is to bring you glory. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you would stir that up in our hearts, God, that, that you would encourage us, Lord, and that you would just um, allow the Spirit to work through us, God, um, as we seek to honor and serve you, Lord Jesus. And so we thank you so much for, uh, for TNT, God, for Kids for Truth, for the opportunities that you have used uh, through fellowship to be a blessing, Lord, um, to teach People who have eager minds and eager hearts to learn about your word, Lord, what it means to really love you and to really follow you, and so we just love you so much, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. Do we appreciate John for being here tonight? So, at this time, we are going to.